Ladies and gentlemen, stroll across the sticky green carpet, sink yourself into your faded velvet throne, and thank our hunter-gatherer ancestors who inadvertently discovered fermentation. Because it's time to talk tall to me. Oh no, our oats got soaked and now they're weird. Let's try them anyway. Let's get freaky. <laughs> I'm Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. And this is Talk Tall to Me, in which we hold a prism up to the blinding white light that is the music of Jethro Tull and refract it into its thousand of natural colors, perhaps venturing beyond the visible spectrum into the unknown. We'll get some uh, some shrimp eyes going and, and see all the different colors. We... <laughs> For you synesthesiasts out there, we're going to taste the rainbow. We're going to listen to some purple. We're going to taste some B-flat, and boy howdy, are we going to see some flute. <laughs> I didn't think you'd like that one so much. I liked it. Nick? I know I've achieved when I make you laugh, Omen. You... <laughs> Today, we are going to be talking tall to you about another song in chronological order from the album Aqualung. But first, Nick, do we have any business to which we must attend? We do. Oh, we do. Oh. I've got some some snippets from our Jethro Tull magazine, and I've got an email. Which would you like first? Ooh, I love a snoopit. <laughs> I've heard that about you. <laughs> Let's, uh, yeah, give it to me. Addendum? Hardly know him. You brought him. You addendum. <laughs> so this is about the cover art for stand up that that kind of wood carving wow that this is a this is the most throwback of addendi that i think we've ever done <laughs> addenda the plural is addenda <laughs> addenda did we no i think we addressed something in in this was i don't remember yeah we talked about we talked about the woodcutter man well this is the woodcutter man for stand up yeah we, that's what we talked about <laughs> we had done done been there been there i done done that do you have more more interesting stories about this uh about the woodcarver i mean i do have the one well let's hear it <laughs> i guess <laughs> we can cut it if we've heard it before so oh no we've definitely not heard this one so okay. on the 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 left character left hand character is ian anderson okay on the the cover art and i never noticed this before but i, I will quote from James Grassow or Grashow, the artist. Okay. Of course, there's one element of the cover that has kept Tull fans curious for years. Mm. Look closely, and you'll see that Ian Anderson has eleven fingers oh. rather oh. than the customary ten. Ah. I was just cutting away and didn't notice, says Grashow. After it got published, I started getting letters from all over the world asking what it meant. I can imagine people sitting round, getting stoned, counting the fingers, and asking what the significance of the eleventh finger was. And what? <laughs> and was it significant? No, he laughs. It was just an accident. Wow. Yeah. 
published on like a massive rock and roll cover. It just whoops. Already published. Nick, I think that I think that we, along with our listenership, should start referring to happy accidents that make people look deeper into things than they need to as yeah. an eleventh finger. Ooh, I thought you were gonna say as a grashow, but yeah, I like an eleventh finger. Yeah. So when people start doing their their like their deep cut fan theories about movies, I'm just gonna be uh-huh. like, yo, that's totally an eleventh finger. What an eleventh finger that is. Yeah. And it's it's calling someone on their BS, right? Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Okay. okay, I have the origin to the song "Fat Man." Nick, you said that there would be one snippet, and this is I, distinctly I, feeling like a secondary snippet. I didn't, I didn't give you a number of snippets, <laughs> Omen. Oh would you rather save the origin of Fat Man for next week? I think we should talk about it when we talk about Fat Man. We already did talk about We already Fat did Man. Fat Man. <laughs> All right. Yeah. This is welcome to Throwback Tuesday, in which we addend addendumize further back episodes than we remember. Than you. Don't don't involve me in this. Fat Man itself has been read as a dig at the departed Mick Abrahams. <gasps> oh my. I never that never occurred to me. No, no, insists Anderson before changing course. Well, actually, it was perhaps a little bit of a jibe because Mick was self-conscious about his weight. He had a bit of puppy fat because he drank a lot of beer and was fond of a good pie. (laughs) (laughs) I came up with the idea when I was sharing a cabin with him on a ferry on the way back from a gig in Denmark. I'd bought a mandolin from a pawn shop. I had no idea how to tune it, and Mick was getting a bit annoyed with me just plucking strings. And then he rolled down a hill. (laughs) I jokingly titled it, I Don't Want to Be a Fat Man, which annoyed him even more because he thought it was a jibe against him, which it was and it wasn't. Oh my god. (laughs) What? What? What kind of a story is that? What kind of accountability are you teaching us, Ian Anderson? Yeah, yeah. That's, That's really funny. And that's it. So it was it was about Mick Abraham's emphasis on the ham, am I right? Oh, he puts the ham in Mick Abraham's. <laughs> well, what a what a de- what a delightful what what delightful shenanigans. Clearly the band was rife with shenanigans at that time. Well, Nick, that was delightful. Shall we move yeah. on to our email? Yes, let's do an email. <laughs> Email incoming! Get down, get down! Your emails, sir. This is from Mike D. The subject is your first concert. Message. Hi, gentlemen. I stumbled upon your podcast recently and have really enjoyed listening to Talk Tall to Me. I grew up in the 70s, so I believe I might have a different perspective on Ian and the band than you guys. And it's nice to hear your observations on the songs and Tull's history. For instance, I never knew Glenn Cornick helped teach Jeffrey Hammond Hammond to play bass during the recording of Aqualung. Hmm. I always thought Glenn Cornick was bitter about being kicked out of the band, and he, he kind of was. No, was Glenn get married? I think Glenn got married. Or is that when Clive left? 
One of them got married, and that's why they left. I believe I think it was Clive. I believe that's Clive Bunker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. Bl- I I think uh, Glenn was kind of kind of cranky about it, as as to be expected. Yeah. He says, "Thank you for that tull tidbit." Ooh. So I have a question: When and where was your first tull concert? Oh my gosh, have we not talked? about I this? don't think we've talked about our concerts. Thanks again for your entertaining discussions and insights. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on Thick as a Brick and a Passion Play. Oh my. P.S. My first concert was 1977 at Madison Square Garden. A lot of people apparently saw yeah. them in Madison Square. I mean, well, it's a big venue like, numerically, like, like yeah, in. but it was the Songs from the Wood tour. Oh, oh what so I jealous. would give to see that tour. Oh. I was 12 years old, and my older brother Steve took me. He was a big fan, too. Very young to be going to Madison Square Gardens. At 12? Yeah. In 77? Yeah, it was probably like you had to walk around burning cars. <laughs> in, in this, I just assumed the city was like, like Mad Max or the Warriors. Sure. <laughs> I actually have my ticket stubs on my tall poster right outside the booth. I'm going to go look at that real quick and see which where the earliest one was. Okay. Nick's out of the booth. No one can hear me when I'm singing. Just me and my cat. There's a lot of cat here in my booth. Are you back? I actually just brought them all in. Okay, so your first concert was with me, I believe, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And my first concert was actually with my dad in 2000. Oh, classic. Wow. But it was my first actual concert concert, too. Wow. It was at the Finger Lakes Performing Arts Center. Okay. I don't even know where that is. It's got to be somewhere around here. Um, I think it's in Syracuse. It was the Bud Light Concert Series. <laughs> and uh, it was Friday, July 28th, 2000 at 7.30 p.m. Wow. Does not say who opened for them. I wish it did. Hmm. And then what was what was the one? So, you know, the one that you took me to was my first concert. Yeah, it was the the one in Big Flats. It was yeah, an outside that's right. venue. That's right. Yeah. It was an outside we, venue. We, we had Edgar Winter opening. Yeah. Yep. Edgar Old Man Winters. Oh, yeah. It was Friday, August 15th, 2003. Wow. So we had... We had just graduated high school. Yeah, just. Open at 6.30 p.m. A reasonable hour. Yep. And then the the next one that I saw was with you as well. I remember during that during that first concert, it was outside, and we were, uh-huh. you know, we didn't have seats. We were just, like, in the lawn. Yeah. And I was so excited that when Tall came on, I, you know, I, we, we stood up yeah. to get a, a better view. And the... <laughs> These older guys who were like sitting in long chair in lawn chairs behind us. I remember one of them was like, uh, "Are you guys going to stand up for the whole concert?" <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't, but it sounds it sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the next one was at the Palace Theater in Albany, New York. Yeah, yeah. You I and me, that. Friday, November nineteenth, two thousand and four. So it was just a year later. I didn't realize it was so soon. 
after that one, we ended up at a Roy Rogers at probably like a like a rest stop on the highway afterwards. Yep, on the throughway. Yeah. yeah, and a bunch of bikers came in, and they looked at us, and they were like, hey, were you just at that Tell concert? <laughs> we were like, yeah. Yeah. They told us a bunch of, oh, did you hear that? Is that Tiki? Tiki. Oh. <laughs> Tiki, I'm so sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is a cat for which I am responsible named Tiki, and she is extremely indignant that I am not giving her scritches. Tiki, I'm very sorry. After this episode, I'll give you scritches. That was uh, that was a good show, and that was it. That was your two shows, and that's it, right? Never been to a concert since. That's right. I've seen them one more time. Uh, actually, on their 40th anniversary tour. Wow. Peter Frampton opened. It was at the James Beach Theater on Long Island. It was Saturday, August 9th, 2008. Wow. And that was the last one. The last one that you, that either of us saw. Well, right. I mean, they're still touring, so. They're literally yeah. still doing it. <laughs> Ian Anderson is probably fluting right now. He could be. I don't know. It might be past his bedtime. I'm not sure. It... <laughs> Maybe he sleeps in in the morning. I wonder what he has for breakfast. I bet he has a nice thick porridge. Wow. I bet he has a. I bet he has a, a huge amount of espresso. Was that was that groundbreaking? <laughs> the porridge. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just don't understand how people can eat oatmeal in the morning. I mean I, uh, I can't do it. I think you just haven't had the right oatmeal. I've had a lot of the oatmeals, and I, it's not that I do, it's not that I don't like them. I like a the lot taste of, of them. the oatmeal. I approve of them. I think they're a good idea, but they just don't work for my physiology. Okay, fair enough. I'll give you that. Yeah. I, I do think they would work for Ian's physiology. I reckon you're right. Yeah. Sunik. <laughs> Omen. What? Do we have the immense pleasure of talking tall about today? We have a great romper today, this week. <laughs> we are going to listen and talk tall about Up To Me. Ooh. Up To Me, yeah. Let's put it in our aural canals. That's, yep, in Venice. <laughs> Wowza! Up to me. Thoughts, initial thoughts. Omen said, "Up to I, me." I, uh, my my mind is is like blown into into fractal patterns by this song. I this is one of those. I think that this is in the world of Aqualung and Cross-eyed Mary. Mm-hmm. It feels that way very much. It sort of feels like a like sort of like a coded, almost like inside joke whirlwind tour of a of a half made-up city. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's part of that universe. Yeah, but but obviously it's it's it contains real places and real things, but I... 
I'm struggling to find to lay my finger on. This is one of these songs that I've always really enjoyed, but I've never really known what it's about. Exact same here. Yeah. I mean, although I do get a sort of a sense of mischief, I do get a sense of of mischievous independence. Yeah, it feels like it feels like you just turned 18 and just got your freedom. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, I'm going to do whatever I want because there's no consequences. Yeah. And it's it's really all about consequences, this song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a bit. But in and in a way, it's is it about like not caring what the consequences are because at least they're your consequences? I don't I don't know. I don't know if there's enough information in there for us to even make that decision. Hashtag stumped. It's really just it's really just straightforward. It is a a declaration of the events that have happened. And yet also it sort of feels like a stream of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 at the end of a long, like, two-day bender. Yes. Your best friend says, what the hell just happened? Right, and you're still drunk from last night. Yeah. And smoking three cigarettes with both hands. And you haven't even gone to bed yet. You haven't even gone to bed yet. You're having, you're having a pint of beer just to calm down. <laughs> you're having a half of bitter bread and jam is what you're having. And, and you're... And you're telling your mates about the best weekend ever. Yeah. Which objectively was horrible. Yeah. But you feel very proud of it. That that is yeah, that's pretty that's pretty spot on to how it feels. I've I've never been able to really pinpoint, just like you said. Before we go into the music, let's dissect some of these lyrics, shall we? Sure, sure, sure. I'll take you to a cinema and leave you at a wimpy bar. Now, do you know that a wimpy bar is not just a bar that is wimpy, but actually a chain, an establishment that started in London? I didn't realize that. I've heard of wimpies before. I didn't realize they were a bar. It, I don't think they were. They were a fast food. They started as a, as a fast food counter within a bigger establishment. Okay. And then, based on the success of that spot, they they then franchised into the Wimpy restaurants, the Wimpy chain. Okay. Oh, so so a restaurant that had a bar in it. I'm assuming. I think it was... I don't Like know. an Applebee's. You know, an Applebee's has a bar. Right, but I think that this was more like a food court spot in a department store almost. Oh, Oh, or in a cinema, even. In 1954, the first Wimpy Bar was established at the uh, Lions Corner House in Coventry Street, London. Originally, the bar was a special fast food section within, within traditional corner house restaurants. Ah. It was a bar in the sense of like a salad bar. Oh. Within another restaurant, there would be the Wimpy section. <laughs> That is peculiar. Where you would go and get your burgers, I guess. Okay. Because they only served hamburger-based meals. <laughs> that's that's all I consume is hamburger-based meals. <laughs> so, so, yeah. 
So that's what that is. Okay. You know, I'm not I'm not a master of romance, but I don't know that I would take a date to the fast food section of another restaurant <laughs> on a date. And if I did, I would not be shocked if they left me at the wimpy bar. But is this about a, a date? Take you to a cinema and leave you to wimpy bar? Yeah. If you take someone to a cinema, that's that's a it's usually a date. Depends where in the theater you sit, but probably it's a date. Depends on where your hands are in the theater. <laughs> where your hands sit. I always leave my hands at the entrance. I mean, that's the safest place. Yeah. I'm convinced that there is a wimpy bar at the cinema, that they're going specifically to that wimpy bar. Sure, why not? But it, but it, you know, regardless of of any of the facts, it feels it feels like fl- it feels flippant. It's like I'm going to take interest oh, yeah. in you enough to take you to the movies. Uh, I gotta go, and I'll leave you. Yeah, I'll leave you at the the place where we go to get food afterwards, which just happens to be a wimpy bar. What's the you tell me that we've gone too far? Come running up to me. Sex. No, I, Nick. Literally. Everything is sex. You know that. I'm... <sighs> We've talked about this. Fine. I'll, I'll take off one more buckle. <laughs> you tell me that we've gone too far, come running up to me. Or is it that they're going into the bad part of town? Yeah. Hello? Where the else s- do you think a wimpy bar is? The sex part. The se- <laughs> Make the scene at Cousin Jack's. Do you think that Cousin Jack's is a is an establishment or is it his cousins? I'm looking at the lyrics and it's it's capitalized, so it feels like a proper noun. Let's do a quick gouge. Gouge, gougele, gouille, go ogle, Cousin Jack's. Why can't I typewrite? Uh, because you are using hot dogs instead of fingers. But that being said, leave him to put the bottles back. Mend his glasses that I cracked. Well, that's one up to me. That feels like he's just talking about a person. So Cousin Jack is a term... I have no idea if this is relevant to this, but apparently <laughs> Cousin Jack's, or or Cousin's Jack or Cousin Jack, is a, an American term for Cornish miners. Uh-oh. <laughs> Like miners from Cornwall. N E R or O R? O R what? Oh, like the people who dig underground. Oh, okay. The other ones we just call jailbaits. That that feels like a great big stretch. You know what though? Everything that I'm finding when I put in cousin Jacks is has some kind of Cornish connection, and this song does have a distinctly blue collar oh sure uh, bent to it yeah i'm a common working man so i'm not beyond i'm not i'm not i am not (laughs) i do not think therefore i am not no i think i don't think it's beyond comprehension or beyond the world of possibility that cousin jacks is a a cornish friend a rough and tumble minorish cornish friend who's come to london to live okay at whose abode one makes scenes. Well, naturally. Yeah. 
buy a silver cloud to ride. A silver car. Well, specifically, a silver cloud was a um, a model of Rolls Royce oh, that was made okay. between the 1930s and mid 1960s. See, I I have a problem with Google's lyrics then because they didn't capitalize silver cloud, but they capitalized cousin in cousin Jacks. Come on, Google. Well, I don't Come know on. if the, if if silver cloud would have been capitalized necessarily. It's not the model n- name. Or the make name or whatever, model. It's not like it's not like buy a. Hit me up with a car make blue, model name. A blue Prius, Toyota Prius. Thank you. Yeah, it's not like that. Oh, okay. It could also refer to. I mean, there there might be other. I think there may have been other cars as well that were called Silver Cloud, or even an airplane that was called a Silver Cloud. Hmm. It probably. I mean, it 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 to me speaks of just like a really chromed up vehicle. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, you're off the hook this time, Google, but I've got my eye on you. Yeah, we're coming for you. That's right, Google. Google. (laughs) Trouser cuffs hung far too wide. Well, it was up to me. Pack a tennis club inside. It's all just like if if I could be a rich man with... Lidle, didle, 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 As soon as I said it, I knew it. Just like the yuppie life kind of thing. Right. What, that he craves it or that he feels that he's achieved it somehow? If it was up to him that he he would be doing that. Because I sure sure don't think that that our our narrator is that. Hmm. Like, I don't know. These lyrics, I t- I'm telling you, I t- this is one I just can't. I mean, they may they may just be pure, again, stream of consciousness. It might just be yeah. related images that, that don't really connect in any way, but sound cool. I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, it's certainly possible. One thing I want to clarify is I'm a common working man with a half of bitter bread and jam. Mm-hmm. There is a very important comma in that sentence. I'm a common working man with a half of bitter, comma, comma yeah. bread and jam. So a half of bitter refers to a half pint of bitter. And bread and jam was, my understanding is, a sort of almost iconic working class lunch you know that 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 bread and jam is sort of emblematic of a certain class of people. Oh, okay. Like like you you would say that like an a Cornish pasty would be cousin Jack's. Yeah. Cuz it was a miner's food. Yes. I just, think it's less regional. Just confidently agree with me sometimes. <laughs> so okay, take it back. Take it back. No, I don't want to. I don't want to now. <laughs> okay. I'll give you a free one next time. Oh, thanks. Put that in the bank. Ooh, accrue interest. <laughs> but I think that, you know, uh, a half pint of a half pint of bitter and some bread and jam would be like like almost like a beer and pizza. Yeah. And and, it, and there's something very self-identified about it like you damn right I'm eat, I'm eating bread and jam cuz I'm a oh, real yeah. I'm a real Englishman. Yeah, there's a there's a, a an acknowledged pride there. Right. 
What do we have pride in here regarding food in that same regard? You damn right I'm having a hamburger. Yeah. I'm an American. Yeah, you, you're damn right. I just ate a, a, a double decker hamburger and I and a whole basket of French fries, and I am going to have a cheesecake after this because I'm American, right? And I have insulin. I I wish I could afford insulin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At this point, right? So I, yeah. I'm American and I need insulin. I think highly, highly need it, but it's very expensive. For reasons that are that we won't get into now, Ian Anderson would approve of our our distaste of capitalism. Come back next week for a special episode of Kvetch Capitalism. To me, we've used Kvetch before, and I don't remember what it was. Kvetch. It's a good word. It's a good one. Nick, what is to put one on you? Is that a thing? And if it pleases me, I'll put one on you, man. When the copper fades away. I don't know. It feels like it almost feels like when the copper fades away, meaning when I run out of money, I'll ask you to buy me a half of bitter bread and jam. You know, like I'll put the onus on you to purchase that food for me. Yeah, I I don't know if this is this may be I think that's totally right, Nick. Do I no, see, it's not genuine though. I don't I feel it. <laughs> Um, my, uh, I'll try better next time. My, my thought was that to put one on someone, I'll put one on you is like, I'm going to get aggressive or I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you. Oh, so I'll, I'll, I'll beat you up when I'm out of money. I'll beat you up for your money. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Huh. Or could a copper refer to a police officer? That's a stretch. Not necessarily. Don't pity agree with me, Nick. <laughs> it's it's only fair. <laughs> this is what it feels like. So, John, if you could get back to us about... Where'd it go? I'll, I'll put one on you. And if it pleases me, I'll put one on you, man, when the copper fades away. If you could elaborate and elucidate... It, it... If that is indeed a Britishism. I I think it is. I think that it is. It feels very... Damn. Very much so. It could just be an Andersonism. Regardless, John, let us know. Yeah, please, John. What you think, or what Ian Anderson was thinking... When he said that, yeah, I mean, maybe it it could it could very well be just the songwriter's fancy word, word choice, you know? Yeah, yeah. The Dayglow pirate sinks at last. So Dayglow is the British word for fluorescent neon. Yeah, yeah, neon. Yeah, like in terms of in terms of clothing. Yeah, the, the Dayglow, Dayglow pirate. So the rainy season comes to pass. The day glow pirate sinks at last. And if I laughed a bit too fast, well, it was up to me. Is that someone in like a rain, a bright rain parka biffed it and fell in the rain? Like what? This is all 
this is madness. This this song is madness. You know, you want to know something fun? I do. I do very much. The Dayglow Pirates are a UK-based Jethro Tull cover band formed in 1996. What? Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I, I, that's a nice, a nice deep cut for the uh, for the name there. Yeah, I like it. Have you heard that's... any of their music? No, I assume it's just Jethro Tull stuff. <laughs> it could still be so... done well or not well. That's so. This is that, that's like a that's a really great example. <laughs> yes, of, I have. Of, I've listened to all of Jethro Tull <laughs> of life imitating art. Yeah, I would be curious to hear to hear a a Tull cover band. I this would. sort of feels like. The British working class weekend warrior version of of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's just like this weird series of images and and strange thoughts that are sort of a little bit grimy, kind of trippy, a little trippy, yeah, a little bit dirty, and very self satisfied. Yeah, right. P- kind of proud of it all. Yeah. yeah. And if I laughed a bit too fast, well, it was up to me. Yeah. What was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are yeah. You he's taking about? he's taking full responsibility for all of this. All what of it is, nonsense. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, it does sort of feel like you know you're having a quiet pint and somebody busts in, thirty sheets to the wind, like not realizing they're smoking the wrong end of the cigarette and just like yeah I did it. What do you want? I covered the entresmith. I. <laughs> I polished the weasel. I, oh yeah, you can't take that away from me. And you're like, and you know, you know, you know the sort of aggressive drunk, where all you can do is just like nod your head and agree. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll get mad at you. She's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, that's all they want. They just want affirmation. Those glow in the dark pirates. What are you gonna do? Yeah. They sunk and I laughed because I could. Because and that's that's I'm the greatest. No one even knows it. Buy me a drink. <laughs> Bless you. Did my you. Did, my, snuck up on did me. my drunk dialogue dialogue make you make you sneeze, Nick? I'm allergic to that character. <laughs> As well, you should be. He smells oh. terrible. Oh, oh God. What are your thoughts on the music? For this one, Omen. Ah. Oh. Oh, for, oh. For beginners, it is, it, it, even more so it feels like drunk ramblings because that first laugh right in the beginning. Oh, yeah. I feel like if on a modern track someone did, you know, like in 2019, almost 2020, if somebody recorded an album and did that kind of like, we're going to laugh on the track before you actually hear the song, the eye rolling would actually like, <sighs> change the the like change the rotation of the earth around the sun slightly but are you saying that gen zers cannot handle something like that i think that it's just been done so much at this point has it yeah it's like a very it's like at this point it's a very like i don't know i just feel like it's a bit easy but but at that time that was like very new and cool like i feel like that's the equivalent of of George Harrison being like, I've got blisters on me fingers. Like the sort of, you know what I mean? The sort of extra, the extra, tra- the extra to the song, almost 
ambient noise sort of thing. Like, it's very cool in this case. But this feels in character, though. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, it's the equivalent of, of someone yelling Mary before Cross-Eyed Mary, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. But, it, yeah, it, it helps to cement that 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 drunkard kind of feel to it. It sure does. Also, can we talk about how incredible Martin Guitar Martin Guitar well, <laughs> Martin Lancelot Guitar <laughs> Can you can we talk about how great Martin Guitar's bar playing is in this song? Oh, the bar is so strong and is so high. <laughs> the bar is high. It's yeah, he's it's it's chunky, it's nice, it's 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 pretty hefty and heavy without being like full on aqualung heavy. My favorite part is when he's like, and then his guitar playing is great too. Yeah, it's pretty good. I love the guitar on this. I love the flute. This the is a really good in this. Solid musical song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love that it goes, I love that for the line, I'm a common working man, it pulls back to almost just the, the piano, maybe the piano yeah. and the acoustic guitar. It's very it, nice. It's a good quick change. A common working man with a half of bitter bread and jam. And if it pleases me, I'll put one on your fan <laughs> when the copper fades away. And it gives this sense of like almost of formality. For the for the character to say, I'm a common working man. It's it's almost a sobering moment. It's like he's almost <laughs> sobered up, and then by the end of it, he's back he's back it's, into it. It's a moment. Uh, it's a moment of clarity. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like it's when the drunk man's eyes, you see them focus on something for the briefest of moments, and you're like, oh, right. is he back? No, no, he's gone. We lost right. him. And no. either either something really profound, or like. A moment of uncalled for violence usually comes out of that moment. <laughs> yes. Or he throws up. Right, right, yeah. right. In this case, he threw up another half of a song, which yeah. I am glad to have that vomit all over my ears because it's great. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where that vomit belongs. Yes. Anything else about this song? I think that I think that this is correct me if I'm wrong Nick but I feel like this is a bit of the swan song for the first half of the album is is this indeed the last song on side A of the vinyl this very much is yeah this is it this is the end because this is the end of our kind of lower class homeless motif yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is the last shady character type song, and before we go into the kind of religious section, the religion yeah. section of the song of the of yeah. the album. Yeah, it's the the heavier songs are the ones that have the themes, and then gently interspersed are the kind of more realistic, more down to earth, more human 
uh, gentle, acoustics. G- yeah, gentle moments of reflection. Yeah. I mean, can you... Uh, I'm just imagining, like, listening to this on vinyl for the first time and being like, oh, wow, that was the album... Cl- that was the side A closer. Can't wait to turn it over and listen to what other crazy characters <laughs> he came up with. Yeah. And, then you, and then you flip it over and you're like, oh, my God, I'm questioning everything I ever knew about faith. What are we listening to? But yeah. let's not get ahead of ourselves, Nick. Right. There's 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 plenty, plenty to get into for the next five tracks. There certainly is. But in terms of up to me, I'd say this that's that's pretty good. The in summation lyrics, yeah. music, yeah. <laughs> Overall effect? Ah. Ah. I like it. Yeah. Overall, I give it a three knees up. Yeah. yeah. That is, that's 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 a, a decent, just above average. I, I'd say this is a, an above average, a uh, well above average song for me. I, I delight in this song. Yeah. It gives me I'd a say- vague, it gives me a vague feeling of sassy confidence. Omen, you one good glance in the mirror gives you a vague oh, <laughs> sense of sassy confidence. Um, well, on that note, Nick, what are we going to be on that note? My hair is looking great today. Thank you. <laughs> no, I actually need a haircut pretty desperately. Uh, shameful, shameful. What are we talking tall about next week? Next week is the first track off of the second side of the album. It is our first religious one. It is pretty, pretty gritty. It is. Oh, my my God. God. What is it called? My God. I'm excited, too. Uh, What is it called? (laughs) That was my God. It is called my God. Okay. So that is next week. And I don't know if you realize this, sweet, sweet listeners. We have done an entire year of Talk Tell to Me. I'm so glad that your resolution for last year was to start listening to a podcast about Jethro Tull. We literally started on 1119 and we are ending on 123119. Every single one. It's been a crazy journey. Yeah. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for your your outreach. Thank you for your outrage. Thank you <laughs> for supporting us. We, we yeah. really appreciate you guys sticking around for a whole year. We've got at least three more, but still. I, I'm so excited, Nick, to see where the next year brings us. And And if you're listening to this album... I mean, if you're listening to this podcast later in the day when this episode came out, then all I have to say is 10, 9, 8, I, Oh, my God. Seven, I really hope six, that people are listening five, right now four, as the three, new year is coming two, in. The new one. decade. Happy Tall Year.
The new decade. It's the end of a decade. It's the end of a decade. Yeah. This has been fun, Nick. In all seriousness, thank you so much. If it were up to me, we'd have hundreds and hundreds of reviews right now. So we're relying on you. Maybe put down the champagne. Stop kissing your sweetheart. Stop kissing anyone. I mean, I'm, as long as they're consenting, <laughs> I'm not judging. Stop kissing my sweetheart. Stop kissing my sweetheart. And uh, and leave us a review when you get a second. When you get up tomorrow at 2 p.m., go ahead and leave us a review. And yeah. uh, and we'll be back next week with we will my be ne- God. We will be back next week. We'll be with you all throughout 2020. And we will be looking with 2020 vision at the rest of the works of Jethro Tull. That's good. Thank you. That's good. Until then. Until next I, year. Oh, I Adam, am Omen Sade. And I am Nick McGill. We are Fatless Moans. And this is Talk Tall to Me. Stop so abruptly. Katie is listening to the Frozen 2 soundtrack on our joined Spotify account. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. <laughs> that that is not getting edited out. That no, was... no. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. All right, Very well, good. I, I got most of it. You, you got till the till the last like two seconds of it. Yeah. Yikes. My goodness. <laughs>